Good morning, beautiful people. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. If you're driving along and you not hearing Paul Bass or Harry Dross or whatever was going on last week, I did not catch any of the show last week because I was tucked away in uh, West Cornwall, Connecticut at Story Week. And uh, if you know, you know. <laughs> a little postcard of a place. Ah, oh, it was wonderful. Like this morning by now, we'd already be in our group. We've already had breakfast lovingly prepared. And uh, I probably would have already stepped outside and inhaled a big breath of fresh, clean Litchfield County air and uh, get into it. So anyway, I'm back. Uh, I hope the week was good. I don't even know what was happening. I caught, I know Karen Walton was on as a guest with Paul. I didn't see anybody else. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Paul Bass. Thank you, Harry Droz, for holding it down all week, doing some interesting, cool stuff. Uh, I'll catch up with you all in debrief. Word on the street won't be happening today uh, because Tom Breen is the editor and he's uh, off far and away. So uh, Paul Bass is uh, back riding shotgun, and but he'll be back on Word on the Street tomorrow. So Word on the Street will be back. And I promise you, we will have Word on the Street swag. The people want it. I want to give the people what they want. <laughs> uh, high five to the uh, to my friend Bobby Miller and her daughter Jill uh, uh, Simone. They're taking a ride this morning, so I don't know if they tuned in. I don't know, but safe travels, good women, and uh, I will see y'all soon. Uh, we caught up, I guess, Saturday afternoon at um, Cats. And uh, I had a hot dog with sauerkraut mustard, which is my favorite thing, and French fries. They give you too many French fries, so I never eat. You know, I only, I only want like a handful of French, not even a handful. Like I want six fries. <laughs> they bring you 2,000 fries. I don't, I don't want 2,000 fries. I just want a handful. So anyway, um, so yeah, I'm ex let's see what happened. So I was tucked away for a week with some amazing people. Some amazing, amazing people. Uh, it was good. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna out them unless they are outing themselves. Who was up there? Uh, but I had a good time. It was, it was. Thank you, Bill Graustein. Thank you for Hod for the uh, wonderful invitation. Keep me on the dance card list because I would gladly come back to those parts and uh, be in the mix. It really was. Uh, it was just really nice. And and we were up there for the snowstorm. They actually got the nor'easter. <laughs> Power went out, uh, but they got backup generators, so it it worked out. It worked out well. So I mean, it was great. It was it was it was a refreshing time, and I'm glad I got to spend some time. But I'm I'm safely back in New Haven, uh, back in my big chair, back on air. Hey, everybody who tunes in, thank you all for listening. I appreciate y'all greatly. Uh, let's see, what did I do? So I got back Friday afternoon, uh, caught up with uh, some friends over at Bloom, you know, Ife and Risa. Uh, that was a wonderful little little coffee hour break. Uh, let's see. Uh, hung out over at um, Possible Futures on Sunday. Uh, I had a talk with um, Janet. Uh, Garcia Hallett, who is going to be my guest in a couple of weeks to talk about her um, her book on uh, invisible mothers, you know, women who have served, mothers who have served time in the carceral system. 
Um, so she's going to be my guest. It's all over uh, Possible Futures uh, social media platforms. It's on my social media platforms. So it was a wonderful talk on Sunday. Uh, nice, nice folks showed up. Uh, it was just a rich conversation. Uh, and I got my book signed. Uh, so, but she'll be, she'll be a guest soon and we'll talk some more. She's a professor. She's on a tenure track professor at um, University of New Haven. And speaking of uh, schools, so I did not get into the Institute of Sacred, Yale Institute of Sacred Music. Um, and so I imagine I didn't get into divinity school too. So, but I, I can apply next year with all things intact. So uh, I was a little wounded by that. And then I sucked it up and I was like, whatever. I'll apply again. <laughs> Listen, I'll just apply again. <laughs> I just, I'm gonna walk by your door until I get through to you. Y-D-S-I-S-M. <laughs> oh, baby, till you come back to me. That's what I'm gonna do. Yes, I'm gonna uh, apply again. Oh, and another great thing happened on Saturday. So, you know, we had to take our LSATs. We, we're deep into the practice LSAT. I think this is the third one. And uh, and I did better, better, better. So I've been getting up at 5 a.m. every morning. Not this morning. I slept in this morning. But I've been getting up at 5 a.m. every morning, 5 to 8, uh, working on my LSAT drills. And so when I took the LSAT on Saturday at uh, Yale, uh, when I got my scores, I was like, oh, the studying has paid off. <laughs> studying has now listen, I'm not where I need to be. Let's let's be clear. I'm not where I need to be score-wise. But what the jump in score means is that the ability is there. I, I never doubted I had ability, but you know, when you're on the losing side. Uh, a couple of times, you're like, do I need to reevaluate this? No, just put some other things in place. That's <laughs> so I just, that's what I did. I just put some other things in place. So I just started studying 5 a.m. Now, now I'm up at 5 a.m. Like no matter what, no matter what. And 5 a.m. seems to, to be a good number. I mean, I used to get to the gym at 5 a.m. To, to strength train. So um, so getting up at 5 a.m. is not a, it's not a, um, I'm not one of these people, I don't need uh, goo gobs of sleep. I never have, even as a child. And I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I don't understand people who need so much sleep. I never need that much sleep. I never have, you know. After eight o'clock laying in the bed, my body gets all wonky, right? Like I can't, I just can't lay in the bed for hours and hours. And, and when I do that, it's because I'm making myself do it, right? Like, I'm just like, I'm gonna just lounge today. And then I make myself do it. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, uh, my scores are make me, make, make me feel better. <laughs> My scores make me feel better. <laughs> so, so I'm, I feel better. And I'm glad that I saw an increase because that means the ability is there and I just have to hone in. So, and, you know, I got a few, we got a few more practice tests in us. So, 
Um, so yeah. And I think I think the next one is when when I come back from uh, Marrakesh. So I won't get any studying done that week. So that means I got to triple double time it um, uh, from now until when I go to uh, Morocco because I won't have time uh, to get it in in Morocco. Believe you me. <laughs> Believe you me. I won't have time. Uh, and that's okay. I, I'm just going to pre-plan for that and make that make that uh make that happen so so anyway so yeah so that so that was that was uh good news for the weekend so you know you get good news you get whatever news you get whatever and uh yeah so uh that's where we are that's where we are uh let's see what else what else uh yeah happy saint patrick's day to people whatever <laughs> oh good morning listening to the program coming from where are you coming from let me now i gotta pull up the chat because i can't i can't see oh coming good morning coming from from toronto canada hey muhammad uh it's about ramadan in a minute are you muslim i would imagine i'm assuming <laughs> muhammad ali uh uh ramatali is muslim name I'm assuming, I'm not trying to profile, I'm just assuming. I figured if you named after the prophet, peace be upon his soul, that you might be Muslim. I don't know. But good morning, and uh, uh, Ramadan is upon ye. <laughs> Ramadan is upon ye. And uh, I don't know if you're making Hajj or, you know, if you're going to go to Mecca. Uh, but my ex-husband is uh, Muslim. And he was telling me, uh, it's a it's a lot of money now to to make Hodge. You know, you got to do all these things. So I was like, ooh. I was like, well, what you doing? <laughs> yeah. So I think Ramadan starts uh, Wednesday. So um, because uh, it's still Lent, right? So what I what I thought I was going to do this year is um, you know fast for Lent, and I did a little bit of fasting, and then make it run up against Ramadan, so I could fast into Ramadan too. You know, I, I I love holding everybody's religious practices sacred. So even though I'm not Muslim, uh, I I do enjoy um, in being in solidarity with my Muslim uh, friends and family members. So I, I'm gonna do a little fasting too, <laughs> and then I'm a I'm a be I'm a be uh, down for the id. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna get down with the id, the feast. I'm gonna be for the feast. You know. So, so anyway, uh, safe travels, uh, Muhammad. Anyway, um, so, so that was the week. I'm back now. Uh, yesterday I was at uh, um, Possible Futures. Today at Possible Futures, y'all know, uh, uh, Fred Hampton 101 and the poetry workshop for young people, but, but any people, but young people mostly. Today around, I think, uh, what, four? four o'clock. So if you are uh, the poetry workshop uh, at Possible Future. So if you are around today and you got young people, uh, today would be a good day to show up at Possible Future. Now, you know, they're normally closed on Mondays, but because this Fred Hampton 101 and this whole Fred Hampton project is taking place between now and uh, into the into the school year, um, she is making the space available. So, um, so, uh, so high five to the 
to the to the folks who are working on uh, the the um, Fred Hammond um, project. Uh, some of my my very best friends, Ife Michelle uh, Gardine under uh, culturally lit. Of course, Lauren uh, Anderson on the possible futures. Um, Nize, who is um, by any means necessary bookstore uh, LLC, and uh, Nzinga, the artist poet, um, who will be hosting the workshop today. So, if you're interested uh, and you want to know something about Fred Ham, Ham uh, Fred Hampton. And uh, and you've not uh, and you don't think you know enough or you want to know something and I mean you you've seen the movie probably um, but now you get to have conversation in real time with people uh, you know Fred was a uh, was a chairman and uh, uh, was known as the chairman uh, Black Panther Party was 20, 22 years old twenty three years old when he was gunned down by uh, police murdered uh, they don't just dis nobody disputes the murder part. Um, so, you know, you can kill the messenger, but you can't kill the revolution. <laughs> so anyway, uh, my friend, Andrew Kaplan, uh, just had taken, had just was moved by the story. Do you know, when people, people find some information and then they have an epiphany about it. Um, and then it becomes in their DNA to do something, to move something. And, uh, and I, and this was a call that he, he answered, uh, because it resonated so deeply within him. And so, uh, with that said, uh, we gathered some folks together so we could see what we could do in terms of honoring um, Fred's uh, legacy and memory and what we could do to help raise awareness uh, about his life, about the Black Panther Party, um, just history. So uh, so high five, Andrew Kaplan. Uh, and 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 I'll have him on and a couple of other people on to talk to have a bigger conversation uh, about um the chairman's life so so don't you worry we'll we'll get more into it so anyway if you're around uh 318 edgewood avenue corner of edgewood and Hotch, hotchkiss uh pop in and uh and check it out and, and learn how to write a particular kind of poetry um that is very specific so um uh, so i want you to go i i'm gonna I'm pop in i've got study group i got yale access to law school study group um but i'm, I'm gonna go over there and pop in for a little bit, and then I'm gonna bring myself home and and get ready for study group. So, hey, it's the first day of spring. Already, I am ready. You know, I'm a spring baby, so I'm ready for spring. I know the pollen is gonna eat people up because down south they're having a full on pollen attack. <laughs> this is the worst pollen on record since they've been keeping records of pollen. Woo! I'm glad I don't have that kind of allergy. God knows. I, I mean, I, the allergy that I have is bad enough and life-threatening. But to add that to it would get on my last, 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 last nerve. So anyway, uh, yeah, so there's so much good stuff. So Sunday, uh, my kids and I, Gregory and, and Margo, uh, we took down uh, my part of the exhibition of um, uh, Freedom Dreams. Um, so at the creative arts workshop and, uh, and Nico Whedon was up there and she took some pictures of the wall and I took pictures of my kid taking down the exhibit. The, the, the bench is on the porch <laughs> covered. The bench is on the porch covered and it's gonna make its rounds around the city. So people are talking to me now about where can we put the bench? Where could the bench show up? What else can we do with the bench? So I'm going to put the bench in other spaces and uh and we'll see so uh Juanita Sunday uh is curating her event her 
continuing her successful curation of Six Dimension that she did up at Connecticut College in New London. She's going to bring it here uh, to New Haven in June, I guess, or sometime this summer. So the bench will find a home in that space too. And I'm going to do what I do, baby. Do what I do. <laughs> so I'm excited. So I am living this artist's life. I'm in it. I'm deeply enmeshed in the artist's life. Yes, indeed. So it feels good to be back in the chair. You know, to talk for a living is a beautiful thing. It really is. This is my favorite, favorite thing to do is to just run my mouth. <laughs> to talk about things, to get up on a high horse or a soapbox and just be, yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's my most favorite, favorite, favorite thing. But uh, I, 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 I dare say though, um, I got to step up my reading game. I had told myself this year that I would be further along in the number of books I've read by now, and I have failed. Um, so I was thinking this morning, I was in the bathroom. I was like, cause you know, we all do our best thinking in the bathroom. I was thinking, you know, at night I could, re I'm, I'm up till midnight anyway. I'd like to go to bed at 11. I like to, I, I don't go to bed at 11. So I was thinking, you know what? I could just read at night. And I used to do that. Just read at night. So I think tonight I'm going to go back to that habit, shut the TV off and just start reading at night. I think that's what I'm going to do. That is my commitment uh, to read at night, <laughs> to read at night. Cause I got a book that I need to finish so I can get onto some other books. I'm like, I got a whole stack that I still gotta, I gotta tackle. And, uh, and I don't want to be, uh, I just don't want to be, you know, uh, I want, I just want to make some inroads into the stacks that I have. And the only way to do that is to really carve out and create time to do that. You know, uh, so I've got some speaking engagements coming up too. Just so y'all know, I am uh, going to be part of the reimagining uh, policing, reimagining safety in April at, at uh, Wesleyan. I'm going to be doing that on the, on April 13th. I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's see. There's a dance conversation coming up on Wednesday, the 29th. It's going to be a dance conversation held at the sandbox. And uh, I am in good company. Uh, I'm not going to be there. Uh, I think my likeness will be there or I will, I will um, live stream in if I can uh, for a few minutes to just say, Let's get this conversation about dance and how how uh, uh, dance can take its rightful place as one of the pillars of art. And so I'm going to I'm going to say that, uh, but it is competing with another event that I have signed on to do. So, uh, you know, it, ha it happens sometimes, but I, I started the catalyst. So we are going to have the conversation and then we're going to take next steps and we're going to move forward. Uh, because I cannot. You know, I, I've just got uh, competing stuff. And then on the 28th, I'm going to be uh, uh, next next Tuesday, I'm going to be in conversation with other women in communication. You know, the women I already know, Michelle Turner and uh, 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 Givon. Uh, so uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation. It is on Zoom so I could be at home uh, at seven o'clock. And uh, the um, Negro women, 
Negro Business and Professional Women uh, Club is having, it's their event. And so I'm going to be on their panel talking about women in communication. So, so I'm, ex I'm excited about, about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, baby. And I'm a part of the homecoming uh, uh, production uh, of the Arts and Ideas. And I'm so excited. I saw the pictures. They look amazing. It's going to be so much fun. And people are going to enjoy it. And uh, I'm thinking about uh, a piece to this. So, uh, yeah. That's all I'm saying. And uh, let's see. Uh, don't forget uh, Poetic Soul Feminescence uh, at Orchid Cafe next Friday. Let me see if I could get somebody on to come talk about what this means. I mean, it's a poetry slam, right? So, and I and I think I'm a, they're gonna have open mic, a limited open mic. So I might come up and just I don't know if I'll do my own work. I like to do other people's work because you know I'm an artist. I'm sensitive about my stuff. Uh, Patty Russo comes on on the 31st, so that'll be a nice way to round out uh, Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month, beautiful people. So Patty Russo ends my Women's History Month. Uh, when she comes on and talk about uh, the Yale Campaign School and uh, the upcoming summer track. So if you've never done it, here's a good time to do it. It is a really good investment of time. I've got Susan Clenard coming up too. She's coming up next week. Listen, this Women's History Month has been badass. Even though I wasn't here for a whole week, <laughs> I've talked to some great women already and, and, and more to come, more to come. So I've been dying to talk to Susan Clenard. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to her. Um, she's such a, an amazing uh, artist, sculptor. And uh, you say sculptor, sculptress, what do you say? I'll ask her, she'll tell me. Um, so it's uh, it's been a ride. It's a good ride. I'm feeling pretty damn good, I must say. Uh, tomorrow I'm having a conversation with Black Vets. I, I know I got more language about this and I'll have it ready for tomorrow, uh, but yeah. And then Wednesday, uh, I'm, I actually, Harry, on Wednesday, I'm not going to be able to do the 10 o'clock hour. I'm only going to be able to do the 9 o'clock hour because I've got to go to the doctor at uh, at 10.15. So uh, at 10.30, rather. So I'm going to miss my 10 o'clock show on this Wednesday. So I know I'm back and I'm leaving again. But, you know, doctors, you know, you got to fit them in where they can get you in, particularly when it's critical. <laughs> So I got to do that. Anru is here on Thursday. We're going to get these Orishas aligned. So, yes, we're going to be about the Orisha conversation. And then um, Ryan Rook, who is the aquatic director for LEAP. So I'm going to I'm going to uh, have her on uh, because they've they've already started um, uh, launching uh, swim, LEAP swim. So if you have not learned to swim, black people, Latino people, people of color this would be a good time for you to learn. This would be a good time to learn. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, having all these conversations, all these conversations. It's just going to be wonderful. So uh, there's a lot going on. And then I've got other conversations that are happening that won't be on air that I've got booked. So, so March is full to the end, to the brim. March is full to the brim. So I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy. I'm very, very happy. I'm very happy. Uh, I think I the last time I was here, I think we saw the symphony. Uh, so that was good. Uh, they got two more symphony artists coming up. 
uh, who maestros. So I'm gonna try to catch. I got to go back and look because you know when you're away for a week, you everything just gets on the back burner, like everything. So uh, I've got to, I got to go and uh, uh, look at that. And so, and I was I, there's one more. Well, not one more. There's another dream that I, I want to accomplish too. I, I let me get through this LSAT part. Let me get through the LSAT part and all the things that I need to apply to law school. Let me jump through all those hoops and then I'll plug into that. But it's been on the back burner for a good while. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Because, <laughs> you know, when you tell people well, that's accountability. So I, I, I'm going to let it hang in the I'm going to let it hang in the ether and marinate a little bit. I'm gonna let it let it marinate. Let me let it marinate. And the next hour, guess who's back? Collective Consciousness Theater is back. I'm so delighted. Jenny Nelson, um, Dexter Singleton, Singletary, Singleton. They're going to be on. They're going to be my guests this morning uh, to talk about barbecue. (laughs) And, you know, barbecue means a lot of things to a lot of people. And for Black people, it can be loaded. So uh, Singleton. So Dexter Singleton, who is the artistic director and uh, Jenny Nelson, who's the associate director. So they'll be on at 1015 to talk about the, the play. And so I got to look at my calendar and figure out when I want to go see it, because I must see it. And, and then I got a little surprise about it, because there is a role for me in it. <laughs> I'm I'm low-key I'm lo- 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 key in it. <laughs> like I'm in it! <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm in it. Yes, and Ife Diaspora Khan, you're you are definitely gonna be on there. I'm not even worried about it. You will get in. I will send you some dates and I'll and you and I will post up the flyers, all the stuff. So I listen, you will be on it. So so yeah, so Dexter and Jenny will be on next. And uh I don't even know if I want to tell people what role I play in this. I let people be pleasantly surprised. Yes, uh, I'm gonna let people be pleasantly surprised. Let's <laughs> say people can figure it out. How about that? So this, it'll be a New Haven mystery. So listen, I want everybody to go see barbecue and figure out what role I have in this. What role? I, that's a good challenge. I'm putting it out there. So if you're listening to me now, just go to the Coll- Collective Consciousness Theater uh, website. Get your tickets. Sit in the audience and figure out when does Babs show up in this thing. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It is such a, it's such a, it's a very cool thing. Very, very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. And I just realized how cool it is as I'm thinking about it. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so go check it out and uh, see when I show up in it. That's all I'm gonna say. That is all I'm gonna say. Uh, uh, let's see. There's some good theater happening. If you make it to Yale Rep, there's some good stuff going on um, uh, over there. I've not been to Yale Rep in a good minute, so I have to figure out how to get over there and see stuff, you know. But I, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. The breakup is still going well. <laughs> the breakup, the 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 uncoupling <laughs> is going well. Uh, it is going well. Somebody said, man, this is the most peaceful breakup I've ever seen. I was like, well, listen, when you love people, you break up with them peacefully, right? You just, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes what you need to have happen happens because it needs to happen. Like, like it, it, 
it moves you out of your own way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like sometimes life can move you out of your own way so that what is necessary can happen. And I, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. My sister's birthday is coming up and I already know what I'm going to get her for her birthday. So I have to figure this out. Uh, I'm going to get it, but I have to get it in the mail. And, you know, has anybody other than me noticed how slow the mail is? I feel like I live in the 1800s with uh, with with the horse and wagon cats. <laughs> I, I, people have sent me stuff and I swear to God, it's as if I live in the in a vortex in the Bermuda Triangle. I feel so compelled to call the postmaster general and say, what the hell is going on with my mail on Ivy Street? Why is it taking so long? I don't know. I just feel some kind of way. You know what I mean? I just feel some kind of way. Mm. Uh, let's see. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because the mail has been moving very slow. I mean, I've got some things, but it took forever. Damn it. So, yeah. High five to a minimal breakup. Yes. You know, you just have to, you know what it is? This is what I, I'm going to tell you what it is. When you, when you get to this age, I, I will be 60. When you get to this age, and I've been watching all these little ridiculous um, um, TikTok video things. And, you know, everybody's got it relationship advice. And, you know, women, men, everybody, everybody's yapping about relationship advice. And I'm thinking to myself, this is what I know. And, 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 and I don't say this because I don't want to be in a relationship with anybody. I'm in a relationship with people all the time. There's no, I'm not distinguishing love or relationships. I love my girlfriends just like I would love my man if I had a man, right? Like I, I've learned, I don't have to distinguish. I don't have to divide love up and parse it out to individuals it's all the same love what i feel for my girlfriends i ride for them they ride for me i support them I, that's how i want to be with a, a with a man i want to ride for him the way he would ride for me i don't want to I, I first of all i can't play games i don't want to do any of this let's just get into it that's be real you got to have stuff to do you got to have a life and we meet somewhere in the middle i cannot be your cruise director i cannot give you your life i cannot give you things to do i'm not doing that nope 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 i don't do it for my kids i'm not gonna do it for somebody who's not related to me so there's that part the other part is i'm happy <laughs> i'm just i'm just happy <laughs> And I, I don't want this happiness to go away. And I think when you bring people into your space and they're not aligned with what you do, it's like you trying to put a square into a circle. I don't want to do that. And you unwittingly do it because we're conditioned to do it. You know, we get in these relationships and be like, oh, I want to make this work. And, and, and if you think about make it work, look, at, do you hear that? Make it work. We don't accept that thought in any other realm of our being. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't try to squish our feet into shoes that don't fit because they're fabulous 
or we pay too much for them. I'm not going to give up the shoes. I'm going to make, and then we walk around with our feet hurting. I don't do that no more. I, I, that's a young woman's game. (laughs) I am, the bloom is off the rose. I'm just happy. I love the relationships that I get to have. I, I, I have them. And, uh, uh, and I, and I will tell you the, 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 the un- love ship that I just came out of or coming out of and and it and it it's not over right like it just it just transitions into another uh, state of being uh because uh that that's just what it's going to be it's just going to transition to another state of being so what the love is is going to be right there that doesn't end you cannot you know we've known each other for damn near 10 years now uh we we've know things about each other that other people don't know about us. <laughs> so, and and there's no anger here. There's no there's no anger or whatever. But things shift and change, and 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 that's what it is. And so uh, I recognize that, and I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not angry. So there we go. We we're just gonna. You're just gonna be in the be in be in the right mindset and be in the right alignment. But but this is what I wanted to say is that so much is happening that's going on for me, my girlfriend. You know, we're all just sort of doing cool stuff and and we're just stepping into uh, uh, our own uh, state of being and and the ability to make all our dreams come true. Like we're just we're just doing it. We're like we're just doing it, and it just feels amazing. You know, I'm gonna tell anybody, get you some friends who say, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> get you some friends who will say, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> Every last one of my women friends, my close ones, I'm not talking about people I know. I'm talking about my close friends, my 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 thrive friends, my friends who pull me, pull me out of the ocean when I'm drowning. Those friends, my friends, my core group, my sisters. Not one time have they ever said, don't do that. Don't try that. That's too big. You can't do that. I've not one time in all the years of knowing them that one of them has ever said to me, oh, don't do that. And when one of them says, this is what I'm going to go do, we're like, okay, how can we help? <laughs> Are you going to go do a festival? All right, how can we help? <laughs> what do you need me to do? <laughs> and, that's, and that's what love says. Love says, I show up for you, whatever you need me to do. If if you need my back to be a bridge, I'm I'm a lay down and you walk across to get where you gotta go. Do you understand that? That's that's what it is. So I I I so I first of all, the, I I don't ever get to sort of say some negative thing in their presence and they be like co-sign that. Are you kidding me? They be like, are you? If you don't change that thinking. <laughs> You know, so that's why we're each other's sounding boards. So I, so I don't have any fears with my friends when I say, oh, you know what, I'm thinking about this thing, and they go, okay, you could do that, <laughs> and it can be just the most outrageous things, and they were just like, oh yeah, you could do that. <laughs> I swear to God, I could say to them, I'm not kidding you. When we're out to dinner or whatever, I can say that, you know what? I, I really want to be in a ballet recital. 
And they was like, I can see that. You could do that. <laughs> you could do it. I believe in you, Babs. You could do it. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That, that's the kind of that's the kind of support that I have with my girlfriend. You could do it. You could do that. You could do that. You know, you could do it. They never say, oh, I think that's too much. When I was, when I was, when I said, I want to go to the divinity school and I want to go to law school. None of them said, that's a lot. You know what they said? You could do it. <laughs> you could, you could do that. <laughs> Meanwhile, when I'm talking to people about divinity school or seminary or law school and people low key will say, oh, that's a lot. Do you? Do you, do you really think you have the capacity to do all that? That's a lot. You know what I mean? Like it was a, it's a, it's a lot of those like, Oh, okay. Really? Wow. That's a lot. You're going to do both. Like you, which one are you going to choose? Choose? <laughs> I, what? I'm not choosing. I'm, I'm choosing to try to do both. What's the what's the problem? I, I'm not raising babies. I'm I'm a single woman. What what am I doing with my time? <laughs> what you know what it means? It means one night, a couple of nights, I don't sit at Kava Vin or or ordinary or <laughs> or canon. Maybe that's what it is. I want to study, you know. Anyway. So people will give you low-key backhanded compliments, you know. Oh, I'm inspired, but really? <laughs> Not my friends, though. My friends, you know what they say? You could do that. <laughs> and my friends would be like, you could do it backwards, upside down in a bathing suit in Alaska. <laughs> and you know what? They would come along to see it and to support it. That's just what it is. So I, 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 so I, I don't know what it is to, to, to have people who don't, who don't, who don't fan the, the don't fan, uh, uh, what you want to do, you know. Well, I, I just like, I just believe it. My, my girlfriend said, "This is what I'm doing." I was like, "Okay, all right, let me know what you need me to do," you know. And it's not even let me know how I can help. It's like, all right, give me assignment. Tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> Because I got a particular skill set that might be useful to something that they're doing. And I'm happy to use whatever skill set that I have for, 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 the, for their endeavor because I want to see it rise. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to DiasporaCon. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to cosplay. I, I was like, hmm, I have to figure this out. <laughs> I'm thinking about this for real. You know, my, my girlfriend, uh, Sarah Lulu in New York is in, uh, I, don't, I don't know where she's in Nairobi somewhere right now. And she just, she's, you know, she runs this international law firm. And what they do is they just make sure developing nations don't get caught up in no mess from developed nations. You know, that somebody is watching their backs and she's doing this. So she gets to travel. That is so attractive to me. I just love that, you know. Because she has a very global thought about the world and about humanity. And I so admire that. I admire the work that she does. I, I'm just in awe of her thinking, of her process, 
the way she connects people, the way she connects to the world, the way that she is a citizen of the world. I love it. I just, I'm just in awe of it. And then when we get together, we just girlfriends kicking it, but she's quite powerful. Do you know what I mean? So I, I love the way that Ife is growing uh, culturally lit and Elm City Lit Fest. And, and you know, um, people didn't understand it <laughs> at first. <They're> like, what? <laughs> a, a lit Fest? Yes. <laughs> For Black authors. White authors have enough. They do. They have all kinds of outlets. All kinds of outlets. Black authors, we need every outlet that we can get our hands on, you know. And then to be that that to be very mindful about that the graphic novel industry. And and then I tell you, when I went to DiasporaCon for the first time, I had no idea the rich history that we as black people have to the graphic novel game. Like we are, we are very much in it and and leading it. And I and I, I don't think I would have known that had I not gone to DiasporaCon. Swear to God, I would have not known any of that. The history of it, I wouldn't even known to call it graphic novels. I'd have been in comic book world because it's just I just didn't grow up with. I mean, I grew up with comic books, but not in the way that you know led to 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 the rise of graphic novels. Um, and so so I learned something, and now I I. I I have an eye for graphic novels now. Like I have an actual eye. Like I have an Octavia Butler graphic novel. I've got a um um uh, uh a senator um uh, the late senator um graphic novel. So um uh, that Andrew's mother gave me uh, a couple of uh, uh I think the first and second editions of it. I think I might, might have all three. Uh so uh John Lewis uh, uh graphic novel. So. I just learned this and now you know, I can hold my own with the conversation <laughs> and to meet black people who are scholarly in this endeavor. So I learned all that at DiasporaCon. If I had not a gone and my girlfriend hadn't started this, I would have never known. I would have just, you know, that had just been one thing I didn't know in the world. And now I know it. So now I'm looking forward to, to the, to this, to this new, uh, to it, to it coming back around and, and being a part of it. And and it and it's gonna grow. It's gonna grow. People are gonna take to it and um and and want to come and show off and be a part of it. Um, so so much. And I had no idea so many young people were into it. You know that was uh interesting. So so yes, yeah, so she'll come on and she'll talk about it again. Yeah. And so so yeah. So you know people come to New Haven. People get in New Haven. They figure out there's something missing here. Let me put this into it. Let me put this piece into it. You know, and that's the that's the beauty of this city. That's why when people are like, oh, I, there's nothing going on. And when people say that to me, I was like, you must, you must be the most boringest person I've ever met to sit in a whole city and say there's nothing to do. Holy cow! I feel so sorry for you, and I feel sorry for you because I I could tell you what is going on, but if you don't believe you belong in these spaces or you shy away from going into spaces. I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Tell you. I, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you uh, because there's no space that I don't think that I belong in. If, if there's, if there's some theatrical performance going on somewhere that I've never been in, I don't care. I, well, then here's my chance to be in it, to be in that space, to go for the first time. Do you know what I mean? 
and then go for a second time or go for a third time or keep it in my rotation. You know, that's, I think that's, I think we have to sort of inspire people to sort of want to live in the city fully and not just part, just, and not just in neighborhoods. Although I love living in neighborhoods, but how we connect neighborhoods is that we come outside of neighborhoods and rent neighborhoods in other parts of the city. That's what we got to do. So that's why I wish we had a mayor who could do that, who could unify the city in that way, who could sort of say, I, I'm in this neighborhood, I'm in this neighborhood, and I, you know, I, but anyway, that's a horse of another color. I'm going to leave that alone. The people will speak, I guess. <laughs> I guess the people will speak until until they can, I guess. I don't know. I'm just going to whatever people, whatever. So, uh, so yeah, so so there's a lot of stuff going a lot of stuff going on and and the arts and ideas. And um and and I'm looking forward to I'm always looking forward to it. I, I love the direction that the arts and the International Festival of Arts and Ideas uh, are 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 moving in a direction, and and I know there are some people out there who are just whining about it, right? Oh, I remember when you used to bring clowns from Italy. <laughs> I used to bring the jugglers from wherever. Okay, all right. So what you're saying is you don't like all this blackish. <laughs> this is too black. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I I really don't know what that means, uh, uh, because it's all art. And if you love art, then you'll 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 like art from 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 South Africa or Benin or wherever the hell artists come from or Pakistan or wherever. You'll like that art just as good as you like the Italian art or or Czechoslovakian art or whatever, right? There's room. There's a whole stage. There's room for all of it. There's room for all of it. And let's let us make room for all of it. Let us let us make room for all of it. That's 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 really what it is. Just make room for all of it. You don't gotta parcel out art. You don't gotta parcel out love. You don't gotta parcel out creativity. It all could be on the table. <laughs> it could all be on the table, beautiful people. You can put it all on the table and pick what you want. That's that's the beauty of a buffet. You can pick what you want. Pick what you want. You know, but if you just limit yourself to one side of the of the buffet table because you you're not because you're not you have no interest in going down and seeing what else is on the table, you know, because for whatever reasons, you know, then that's I don't know I don't know how to I don't know how to fix that. Uh, I, all I could do is sort of say to people, I go everywhere that interests me. I try to do things that interest me, and I hang with really groovy people. That's and that's really that's really what it is. And if you hang with groovy people, you'll be up for all kinds of stuff. You know, I I love getting on the train and running to New York too. You know, but what I'm saying is, New York is not New, New York is not the beacon of anything for me anymore. I I I, I can be centered in art and culture culture right here. Do you know what I mean? Like I can be centered. And and here's the thing: what I've learned in the last several years, if I don't see it, I get to create it. If I don't see what I want, I get to create it. And I, I, I never understood when Toni Morrison's like, if there's a book out there that you that you don't see, then you must write it. And I was just like the nerve of that. But now <laughs> I'm inspired by that. When I was a young woman, a younger woman, I didn't understand that. I was like, the nerve. Like, like, Toni, everybody ain't you. And then I realized, yes, yes. We are her. She is us. 
and we all have the ability. We all have the ability. We just, if you see, if there's something that you want to see and it's not out there, you must create it. And that's the difference between people who do stuff and people who don't do stuff. Because the people who don't do stuff, you know what they do? I don't see it. And then whine, 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 whine about not seeing it. The people who do stuff, they're like, you know what? I don't see this. Oh, let me get some people together and figure out how we could do this thing. Bring it here so I can, so we can have it. That's the difference. That is the difference. And uh, and I'm ex- I'm excited to hang around people who who do just that. It's like you know what I want to create this thing, and from this thing I'll create this thing, and and they're not even creating it for themselves. They're creating it for the enjoyment of other people. <laughs> That's the other part of this game. I'm creating it for the enjoyment of other people. Don't you love that? That's how this arts community could thrive better. I think you know, and I think people that fund arts can sort of hear this message and sort of. Uh, adjust their sales so that sales, meaning win, win, sales, ship, um, so that they can be responsive to this kind of thinking. Do you know what I mean? So if somebody says, you know what, I have an idea for something. There has to be some a pot of money available for that. That's that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like there has to be a pot of money available. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. So anyway. Uh, so that's why I like this town because you can make moves in this town. It, you know, it's a, it's a manageable town. You know, you could get to know the, the key players rather quickly um, and, and people can uh, show up for you and you can work with people uh, uh, rather quickly to get some stuff done. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I love. And, and I, I've launched a couple of ideas already and I, and I, I and I'm, you know, I'm nobody. <laughs> Nobody, just a just a chick that lives on Ivy Street. Just like I have a dream, <laughs> and just run with it. And people are like, yeah, yeah, I dig that. So anyway, I'm gonna take a break. I'll be back at ten fifteen with uh, um, Dexter and Jenny from Collective Consciousness Theater, and we're gonna talk about barbecue. <laughs> Hi, this is Babs Rolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to. WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases, with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. Even in strange times, I'll find my strength. Even when down, I'll stand alone. Do you love me? Don't belong. Sometimes I wish I was born. Crying tears, burning to ashes.
Oh 
second hour of love babs love talk on babs rolls ivy i'm delighted this morning i love these people hey dexter hey jenny nelson from collective consciousness theater y'all are back <laughs> yes we are and thank you so much babs for having us uh so excited to to just like you just said collective consciousness theater is back it's been a three-year hiatus and we never thought it would take this long uh but yep we're opening the show this friday I, i'm excited so all right. So you had the pandemic turned everybody's lives upside down. And uh, did you did you sort of somewhat somewhat throughout the pandemic think we're going to get back, we're going to get back. And then how did you decide that now would be the good time to come back? Yeah, well, I think that's always uh, was the case. And, you know, jump in here, Jenny, at any time. Uh, <laughs> you know, we just thought like a lot of people. The plan was, you know, we shut down that second week of Skeleton Crew. We had just done the first week. We had did we did the Thursday performance of the second week, the Pay What You Can, and then we told the cast that night, right, that 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 that's it. We're going to take a couple weeks hiatus because that's what everybody thought, right? Two weeks hiatus. What we thought, everybody's just going to go home for two weeks, chill for a minute, right? And we'll be back in two weeks. And so we left the set. We left everything. We left everything. You know, we signed the actors on for an extra bit of time. If by chance it took more than two weeks, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and like everybody else found out, you know, two weeks turned into a month, two months, three months, four months. And then we just kept trying to do it. We said, okay, the fall, then maybe the spring and then the fall again. And then before we knew it, here we were at three years and our attempt was to try to bring the show back because we had the set still there all the stuff but we just could never after three years right get that entire team back together and we knew for us it wouldn't be right unless we did it with the original team right that it started the show and so we hope one day to to do skeleton crew again maybe with the same group maybe with a different group but we feel like it's that play that you know we were on that momentum Right on that trajectory to really kind of take off. We had just done Passover. We had a, a great season the previous year. Skeleton the Crew was a perfect show. And uh, and then all, all of our momentum halted. So we also had a period for us that was a depression period, right? Where we felt like, wow, can we come back? Is it can a theater of our size come back, right? After this whole thing, you know, um, you know, clears up a bit. So it, it's been tough. Um, but but here we are still standing. Well, welcome back. I am so glad to to know that y'all are back because I I was like this. I mean, I you know I care deeply about theater, and and I I didn't want New Haven to lose any momentum because we were building at least from where I sat, Jenny, uh, that the theater scene and the art scene in New Haven was really on a trajectory. I mean, it really was on a real trajectory, and then the pandemic just sort of like, woof. Yeah, and you know we had made this wonderful, which we are of course still in connection with Long Wharf Theater, so committed to uh, continuing to work with them in this amazing theater. But, you know, we had just announced this season, uh, co-partnership, like literally that night, everything was moving, as you said, right, Bab? Like everything was moving in this really exciting direction for New Haven, right? This amazing city that deserves and has fantastic art, right? We know that. 
Um, yeah, and it was just, it was such a, a, a seismic shift when everything shut down. And I, I really think one of the things that really kept Dexter and I's eye going was every couple months, I would get a message from someone saying, when y'all coming back? <laughs> just like a little bump from the universe, you know, <laughs> like when y'all coming back? It's been six months. I want to see, you know, a skeleton crew coming back. When are you coming back? And it was those little bumps, right? Those little messages to everyone that texted us, Facebook message, Instagram, and just kept saying, we want you to come back. When your community is calling you, you know you're doing something that needs to be done. And that kept us going to be here with you today to bring this play. It was really the momentum of the community just saying, we want you to come back, right? That is mm. what a gift, you know? So, yeah. so when thinking about coming back, you have to decide on what you're going to come back with. So, right? Like, how do you, how did you think about that? You know, because you've learned a few things in the last three years about how things can turn upside down rather quickly. So does that color what you bring back? Uh, and did you, did you have barbecue uh, on, on the radar before the pandemic? Like, talk to me about where, where this falls in the overall scheme. Yeah. You know, Dexter and I, we're in so many conversations over these years about what would it be. And then once we kind of had the realization that Skeleton Crew, at this moment, we weren't able to bring that back after we really tried uh, to make that happen. We really thought about, we want this to be, you know, still anchored in race, class, culture, social justice. That's the most important thing that we bring to our community. And then, you know, what does our community need right now? Like, what do we need to see? What do we want to talk about? But really, we kept coming around, we need to do a comedy, right? We need to laugh a little bit. We need some joy um, and, and making this comeback a celebration of sorts, right? That, because for Dexter and I, it is a celebration. For everyone in the space, it feels, you know, as much as we're talking about these social justice issues, it feels like a party, right? It feels like a cookout is happening in our theater. And that really just felt like the energy we wanted to bring back, you know, to the community to kind of usher us back in to doing full seasons um, while all the while picking this amazing playwright, Robert O'Hara, who is asking questions, not giving easy answers, right? And that's what we love at Collective Consciousness. So it kind of really, it, it does all of those things. And we haven't really, we've always done plays that have comedic moments, mm -hmm. but we really haven't done a lot of full, kind of dark comedies, absurdist comedy. And so that felt like a new challenge for us too, to really do, to do that in our space. Cause we're always trying to bring something new to our audiences. I, I, I like it. So, so Dexter, when you, when you're, when you're bringing this back, cause the word barbecue means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Yep, yep. And it's very specific to black folks. When you say barbecue, I don't care yep. where you are in the country, if you're in Texas <laughs> or North Carolina, barbecue means a whole kinds of things. It means a gathering. It means food. It means grilling out. It means cookout. It means family reunion. It means all kinds of shenanigans. So talk to me about, about, about that and, and, and your thoughts. Yeah, and I think with, you know, you touched on it perfectly, uh, you know, with Robert O'Hara's play, I think Robert, that's what immediately what he was thinking of is how, you know, how black people gather and how white people gather, right? And our cookout compared to, you know, our, our, our style of cookout compared to, you know, what other, you know, cultures do and, uh, and wanted to, and, a, you know, a cookout is a place where, like you said, family gathers. There's also a lot of conversation with folks. You have folks <laughs> who are reconnecting, 
for after a period of being away often, um, people who rarely see one another, people who potentially see each other. So there's a mix of a lot of different types of relationships that also take place at a cookout. And, uh, and to see uh, family dynamics, sometimes you run into a cookout, right? Family members you love, family members you just wish you would never see again, right? <laughs> family members who you just, you know, who you have, you know, a lot of complicated relationships with. And so this play, you know, starts to hit on that and then kind of takes it in its own uh, own direction. But you hit on it perfectly, the heart of it. And so how we culturally meet as people is where the play starts. Robert O'Hara has, you know, also been well known over the last couple of years. You know, he's an NAACP award winner. Uh, and, uh, you know, had a play called Booty Candy that uh, did a lot, that travel, right? <laughs> interesting, right? Interesting title, interesting play. And, uh, and that, you know, um, was, uh, you know, very highly acclaimed uh, across the country and in New York. Uh, he recently directed A Raisin in the Sun that was starring Tanya Pinkins, who's a well-known Broadway mm -hmm. star. He did a re- um, you know, recentering of that play almost where, the, where he focused on the Black women's story because he felt like the story almost always focused on the men in the play. And, uh, and so, you know, centering Black women has always been a big part of his work. He also probably more famously di directed uh, Slave Play that was on Broadway. I um, saw it. With Jeremy Harris, right, who we know was in New Haven quite a while when um, they were attending the drama school. And so so a lot of ties with Robert O'Hara in a lot of direct ways or indirect ways to New Haven. Uh, his writing is always so sharp. And we just wanted to introduce somebody whose style was just a little bit different, um, but took comedy and used comedy to in a, in a razor sharp way to, to um, you know, look at other issues, right? This play focuses on cultural appropriation, uh, obviously all the race, class, and culture issues that we always, you know, look at, uh, how people are perceived, you know, based on culture or race. Um, and I'll let, you know, I'll let Jenny jump in here as the director and talk a little bit more about, you know, the specificities of the piece. Yeah, you know, and I, I all, yeah, all those great things, um, and, and slave play, I mean, one of the, it just changed my perspective on life when I saw that play. It really was, it shifted the culture, I think, in so many interesting ways. Um, the play also really centers around something, we've, we've, we've touched on issues of, of drug addiction in some of our plays. This really also focuses on intervention um, mm. and that process um, and that process for families, right? How multifaceted that can be, that process of intervention. And that this, this, you know, as the, as the play kind of describes this, this mildly dysfunctional family is just trying their best with the tools that they are given to try and help one of their own, right? Try and help one of their family members um, kind of pull out of this addiction. Um, but as we know, people do the best with what they have, and sometimes they do more harm than good. Uh, but their, their intentions are there, right? To help someone um, in their time of need. Um, and that's a lot where, you know, comedy is playing to the truth. Dexter and I were just talking about this last night, right? The funniest moments are honestly can be when someone is playing to the truth of the situation and the comedy comes out of that. And that's what this play, I think, does really deftly is that it's really focusing on things that really happen in lives with families, um, but that there's this comedy underneath um, that kind of just sends it all the way through the play. So it kind of makes it... Um, that we can kind of laugh at the absurdity of some of these things. And I'm also, you know, the, the world is a bit absurd right now. It kind of feels like we're in 
a bit of an absurdist play all the time. <laughs> so why not do an absurdist play, right? It felt very synced up to kind of just the daily um, things that we just can't imagine that are happening. And we're just kind of having to take that in. And sometimes laughing is the way we get through oh, it. Oh, yeah. Listen, we have a long history of comedic uh, uh, therapy in, in the Black community. <laughs> I mean, yeah. our, our comedians, you know, the most painful things are the some of the most funniest things and yeah. done with the in the right comedic way in the right hand. So yeah. so um talk to me a little bit about um uh the American theater right now is everybody's going through some sort of challenge around how do we get audiences? How do we grow audiences? Uh audiences that historically have been buying tickets are starting to die out and they're aging out. There are new playwrights that we might want to explore. We don't always have to do Lorraine Hansberry. We don't always have to do Native Son. We don't always have to do, you know, I, I mean, as much as I love August Wilson, I love every, that whole century block of plays. There are other people out there who are writing good plays. Do you feel some unique responsibility uh, to sort of bring different playwrights to the forefront? Like, do you do you feel that as part of your DNA of this theater absolutely yeah and i think you know more than ever now so uh you know you always have to balance it as a producer right with that mix of having a show that's got an attractive title right that people go oh what's that about right or um you know that's just got things that can hook people in right uh name recognition right is always a big part of that um, you know, for us, often we're bringing shows uh, that haven't been done in the state before. A lot of times haven't been done in the region. They're premieres. Sometimes they've only had one or two productions. So it's always been a big commitment of ours to have plays that are five, 10 years, less than 10 years old. Right. Um, but, you know, we have had those playwrights that we've really loved. Um, and there's so many more that we wish we could produce. But I think with this time that we're in, like you mentioned, we want to try to give as much uh, room to playwrights who we haven't worked on before, right? Thus, you know, Robert O'Hara, and then maybe some others that, you know, that, uh, that we'll look at, you know, for next season and the following season as well. Um, I think, you know, we always wanna deliver the most diverse body of work written by people of color. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there, we know, right, like you just said, there's no particular one style, right? Lorraine Hansberry is a certain style, August Wilson, but you know, it's like we've got, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of writers coming up and so many good young ones and, you know, ones who need that break, you know, ones that are talking about stuff in a new, interesting theatrical way. So I think always for us, you know, the rebirth is also a reevaluation for us of the type of work we want on our stages, the type of folks we want to work with the opportunities we want to be able to give and then, you know, how we can best represent the city of New Haven. Mm. So are you feeling like uh, the money is, is coming back to fund theatrical productions? Uh, do you feel like funders who historically have funded theaters like yourselves, do, do you feel like they're coming back and are they coming back with full commitment? Like how, how y'all raising money? <laughs> there has been, you know, there's been, yeah, yeah. And that's always a struggle, right, for any theater because theater was on such a big hiatus, like you said, and it's been slow, right, to get people to come back to feel comfortable sitting in a space with other folks, you know, uh, and so that's, you know, we'll see. 
this weekend and these next couple of weeks for us is sort of, you know, our people, you know, willing to sit in the room with us, you know, in our space for those couple hours and watch plays. And so we really hope the community will come out and support us you know, uh, in that way, right? And we also ask people that if people feel, you know, particularly want to support collective consciousness, but feel uncomfortable or feel, you know, immunocompromised or health-wise feel like they can't do it, then if they're willing to also give the donation of a ticket that we can then, uh, you know, give to someone else in need, a student or a person who maybe can't afford it that really would, uh, and, you know, enjoy and need to hear this, you know, this, see this play and hear this message in their lives. And so that's a big part of it. We're just, uh, but the, 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 the same funders that have been around that have supported us for years, luckily have continued to do that. And they were calling us and asking us, when are y'all coming back? We want to support y'all. Right. And, uh, and so we've been fortunate enough. And then you have other, you know, groups where, um, you know, we, we, we uh, have had, you know, uh, the city, right, is given a little bit more fun than, than they used to. And I, that's been really, really great, you know, uh, with the leadership that we have there, uh, you know, and all the wonderful things, you know, that team has done, you know, for New Haven. Uh, we're seeing a little bit more uh, funding at the state level as well. But it's so tough for small companies like ours to get that because often when companies are in need, arts companies, as you know, it's the bigger ones, right? And the bigger ones say, we have to survive first or, <laughs> or the little ones won't. Right. If we don't get the chunk of money first. Right. But then there's not always a lot of, um, you know, interaction, right, and collaboration between those bigger companies and those smaller ones. So I hope that, you know, we still get these funders to continue. We hope we get more. But I think the key in this next time is collaboration, co-productions, you know, bigger companies and smaller companies collaborating, a bunch of smaller companies coming together. And that's what I think this era has encouraged more than anything is collaboration between companies. Cause I'm seeing more people, you know, work together uh, than ever. And so that's mm. really great. And we're seeing all the companies locally that are starting to come back, you know, Broken Umbrella, you know, is on their comeback is they've been, you know, consistently producing. And then, you know, they, uh, you know, have a new space that everybody's excited about that they're, you know, working on now, you know, New Haven Theater Company just came back with a production. So I think we're at that place now where everybody now as is has had a production again. And we mm. were kind of the last ones as a part of that to kind of come back and uh, with all the small theater companies in the area, so. Mm -hmm. So and coming, go ahead, Jenny. I know you want I to just, say I, No, no, I just want to say, you know, part of this kind of giving to CCT is also giving time, right? So something as a really small theater, as Dexter's pointing out, you know, we're so lucky that we have people really step up and step in for us um, and support us in those ways. So volunteering, volunteering to usher, volunteering concessions, um, supporting and promoting the show, just that overall sense from our community that we get and those, you know, those $10 donations at Collective Consciousness, I guarantee you that $10 is going right back to, into <laughs> our productions, into paying our artists, paying our designers. Every, we are truly a non-for-profit. Everything goes into the art. And so that when you're giving to us, whether it's your time or resources, it is going right back into the art that you see on the stage and supporting local artists. Um, and that every 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 donation uh, really makes a difference for us, um, which I think is a, is a little bit special in that way because we do things for su in such an efficient way, um, and we're really bringing really excellent art uh, at a really low cost for people and lower tickets. We've we had the lowest tickets in town, um, including pay what you can this Thursday, which you can come for any price because we just theater is such an inherently elitist activity. It has always been, and we are trying to remove those barriers 
right? So that we can open our doors wide. So everybody, everyone deserves to see theater and feel welcome in the space. So I love it. So talk to me about the the artists, the actors that sort of that you have to sort of talk to because they had a very tough time of it, right? Because they're 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 they sort of paychecks just just disappear into thin air. And 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 I, I would imagine more so there are more actors out there now who are looking for quality roles and quality work and 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 real theatrical performances to sort of get into. Talk to me about the process of finding artists for this particular production. Yeah, yeah. We and because you know, uh, we hadn't done anything in a while. So there's always, you know, new there's always artists who are new to town. And then we also see artists who are leaving, right? And we've been benefiting well from, you know, uh, folks who come in, you know, families who come in because they work at Yale or one of the other sort of corporate. And then they go, oh, I'm an actor and my spouse works at Yale or my, you know, spouse works at here in the area. So we've benefited well from folks who are coming into town and being here for a few years. And then also, you know, obviously talent that's homegrown as well. So uh, we, you know, in three years, it's hard to kind of know you have some people who have been here and then you have a lot of new talent. So we all, we had, uh, you know, general auditions and, and auditioned over a couple of months and got people people to come in. Uh, the cast is a great mix of some talent that you've seen in previous productions at uh, Collective Consciousness, but also some new faces, people who we've wanted to work with forever, and people who've been affiliated with other companies, other theater companies in other parts of the state. So, you know, the cast, and I'll let Jenny speak to a little bit, you know, particulars, but, you know, the cast is from uh, New Haven, Hamden, um, you know, Bridgeport area, uh, Hartford area. So we have people that are really across, you know, all levels of the state. Um, and it's also one of the largest casts or the largest cast we've had uh, for production as well, uh, a cast of 10. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So that's, you know, so people who have not seen a, you know, that's a cookout. Uh, you know, our show, right? <laughs> Usually having shows with just two or three people with us, which you see in a lot of cases, uh, this is a little bit more. Uh, and, you know, like I said, encompasses, you know, talent from across the state that we're really happy to have. Mm. Yeah, it was a really, as Dexter said, it's a really fantastic process to have CCT alum, right? People we've worked with before, uh, either as a capacity as a director, an actor, an artist. Um, and then people that have always been uh, really supp great supporters of our work and we've always wanted to work with. We're all, you know, there's people where if it's the right show, we're ready to make that call or have that audition. Um, it's really just kind of finding the role, right? That feels like it's gonna uh, benefit everyone, the actor and our and our theater. And this was one of those plays because, I mean, Dexter and I love to be ambitious, uh, right? And so 10 people in our space, if you've ever been in our intimate space, um, it is, it is something when everyone is in that room, the energy is palpable. Like it is really something significant for us, but we wanted to be ambitious. We wanted to do something different and to welcome more people into our space, right? Um, and, you know, the hope is that as we move forward, you know, we love our space. We hope we're, we, we are bigger and better. And so we're hoping, you know, to continue on that journey of finding a larger space because we want to keep accommodating. I was going to ask about yeah. that because I, I th because I remember this, the, the conversation about, you know, y'all looking for another space to sort of do this because you're over at a, a rector square, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we love our space. We love that people know where we are. They come to that theater. They've had great experiences in that theater. But, um, you know, with our great fortune, we have this community that wants to come. And so since we're getting bigger, we we want to continue to look for those spaces that can accommodate, 
you know, just bigger shows, more of our community. And so we're always, you know, we're always looking for that right space, um, but we love being at a rector square. So it's going to take a lot for us to, to kind of make that transition because we, we love our space. So, but it's, it's been really special to be with this group. Um, they are such a, they are such a diverse group um, of background, race, experience, and they all bring that into the room and only theater can do that for this communal experience, right? We all come together and the audience sits in the dark and has this, this singular communal experience together. And then we all go away, right? As if it, and it's just this amazing, we're so excited to bring this really, this really fun play to our audiences. And, and y'all have some of the best folks that build sets of mm -hmm. anybody I've ever seen. Like y'all yeah. do a lot. <laughs> y'all do the most as the young people say. Y'all do the most on set design. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're so uh so uh you know fortunate to have a great team that's been with us from the beginning uh design-wise and we said all the time we have, you know, designers who really could work anywhere in the country, right? And uh you know, and I I always hope that you know, New Haven recognizes because we just have some of the most talented people in the world in this city. And uh, and our team, you know, is a testament to that, right? Uh, David Sepulveda uh, and, you know, and, and Ami um, Zinner who do our set design, our uh, painting, scenic painting. They are two of the most incredible painters, uh, scenic painters you've ever seen. They can work at any level of any theater in the world. They are that good. Uh, you know, Jamie Burnett, of course, Mr. Everything. The man has done lights for, for every space in New Haven, every bar, club, restaurant, and theater. It's <laughs> ours working bad in show business, right? You go to bar, Jamie's done the lights, right? You go to the, uh, you know, wherever space he's done, you know. So, uh, so yeah, and, and the three of them work together, right? They're fantastic. Then we have, um, right, Rich uh, Burkham as well, who does set construction for us as a long time, you know, work partner of Jamie's. I think Carol uh, Kumbaros, who's a fabulous, um, you know, costumer, uh, designer, does our great costume work and all those little details to our costumes um, that she does that are just wonderful, wonderful work. Uh, and then the rest of our team includes Ashley Sweet, our longtime production stage manager, um, you know, and Molly Flanagan, who was our props master in ASM. The team of them, the six of them just do incredible work uh, and they make it look as good as any regional theater. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and Tommy Rosati, our sound designer. Yes, I yes, have to yes. tell you, in particular, we are very excited about the sound design for this show. We've had a lot of fun uh, listening to music. Um, Tommy and I, and I know Dexter too, we're, we're, music is such an important um, aspect of our plays, what we do in pre-show and post-show and intermission and how we want what we want the vibe to be and what we want to communicate through music. And this play... I think is going to really delight uh, some audiences with what we're what we're doing with the concept. So I'm excited to hear audiences' uh, yeah. reaction to it. And people oh, always say to us, they always say, "Hey, can I get a copy of that?" That uh, I, yes. uh, <laughs> I was like, "Y'all got to yeah. put out a mixtape or something." Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot of theaters are doing this now, and I think we're going to think about it for next season. Is a lot of theaters are doing it where you can come into the theater and you can download, mm -hmm. right, scan the, mm -hmm. the the show playlist, right, and it goes right to whatever you know. Uh, music app that you use and so I think we're you know we're thinking about that for next season because so many people compliment us on the music and then you can just you know walk go you know once you leave you have the playlist you know from barbecue or from whatever show right there on your there phone you <laughs> so so are, are you thinking about next season absolutely yeah, yeah we've got a lot of different <laughs> stuff planned I mean uh, you know next season for us I mean one of the things um that's really exciting is we're uh and that's our, this has already been public knowledge is we're creating uh a work for the schools 
um, that we're going to be doing back and touring the middle schools and high schools. We're going to be working on it next year, next school year, and it's going to start premiering in 2025. We're working with a writer out of Portland, Oregon. His name is Quick Jones. Uh, you know, black man out of out of uh, Portland, Oregon. I love the name, Quick right. Jones. Yeah, like, right. Sounds and, like and, a gumshoe, right? Yeah, like, yeah, and, like and he is a <laughs> yeah, and he is a heck of a writer. Um, you know, very socially conscious black man as well. And, um, you know, we're going to be working with him on a project. We're part of a consortium of the largest collection of theaters to create a body of TYA work, like theater for young audiences, using BIPOC characters. So it's going to be, it's going to be 20 some odd uh, plays that are going to be created from this consortium uh, that are all BIPOC superhero plays for young people from ages, uh, from young, you know, from the very young, you know, three, four years old, all the way up through high school. And so we're part of this collection of 20 some theaters that are part of this from around the country. And Quick Quick is gonna be one of our writers and that's gonna be touring the middle schools and high schools around New Haven. We'll do a run at CCT as well at some point. Uh, and then we're looking at doing two productions as well uh, next year. And so Jenny and I are looking at that in ways again, we can evolve, uh, bring back some artists who, are waiting to come back after three years, as well as um, bringing some new artists into the fold as well on all levels, right? You know, having different um, actors, different directors, you know, different folks uh, that are working with us. And we're always looking for interns as well. I'm hoping to add some production interns next year too, and some in, you know, uh, marketing and other fields uh, that are non, you know, stage acting related. So quite a few things going on. We're excited and we're going to be full blast next season. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, so you got this production, which opens when Jenny, when does it open? We, uh, we are in previews. Oh yes. Look at this. Um, uh, our preview starts this Thursday. So Thursday is always pay what you can. So people can come for any price. Um, and we run through the eighth. So it's three weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for three weekends, 8 PM tickets are 25 for adults and 15 for students. Um, cheapest tickets in town and we are we are yeah we're just we're so ready we're so ready for this comeback we can't mm. wait to bring and bring our audiences back right and just continue to have those conversations we're really ready so have you heard from people because I, I listen people are buzzing about this all over the place at oh, least good. in my ear I hear it so are people <laughs> buzzing about this and and are you ready are you ready yes we're so, I, I yes I'm, I'm getting lots of messages and texts and people saying, I saw it, I'm coming. I'm, I've been waiting for y'all to come back. This is so great. Um, so yeah. And I think Dexter and I are always interested too, in those new, new audiences, you know, three years, we are all different, right? We have all shifted hopefully and changed. And we want our audiences to continue to reflect that, right? We're always been really, it's a source of pride, how diverse our audience is. Um, and we intend to keep that and continue to expand that. You know, you had asked before if that's like, we want young people, right? Because we know that is theater needs to respond, right? To what is happening now. And we really want young people to feel um, that theater is for them. So it's so important to us to have living playwrights, right? To have new plays so we can have those engaging conversations about, you know, what is happening right now. So we're really excited to welcome new audiences that have never come to CCT. That's gonna be exciting. Well, I've been talking about this the last hour. I'm back. I'm just back from retreat. And I was telling people, I have a small piece in this production. Yes, I didn't tell anybody what it is. I was like, <laughs> you must go and have the experience and then let me know. So I want people to go. If you, if you, if you want to know what my role is, I need <laughs> you to go to the theater and sit 
and be a part of this experience and then you'll see and then see if you can figure it out that's right i tell you it was one of the easiest phone calls i ever made as a director i said oh i know who i'm gonna call well thank you for the call girl i'm so thank you for the call it was my pleasure so i can't wait so i will be in the audience one of these nights and I'm telling everybody I know, and I'm so glad that y'all could come on this morning and fit this thing because I know I know you're like underneath it trying to get stuff nails done and paint done and all the kinds of stuff. So so thank you, Dexter and Jen. Oh, and Dexter, how was the baby? Because the last time I talked to you, there was a baby arriving. And I hadn't seen you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the last time I right, and he's three years old now. Oh my so, God. <laughs> right. And so all these, you know, children who were born around that time. Yeah. And so pandemic <laughs> babies. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was like I didn't have, you know, I only had one kid last time I saw you. Now I got two. So like a yes. lot of folks, right. <laughs> so yeah, you two are great, you know, Isaiah. Um, you know, named after one of the greatest basketball players in the, in the, in the city of Detroit history, Isaiah <laughs> Thomas. I always got to mention that. And, um, you know, just full of, you know, full of life. So, yeah. You know. Well, congratulations on, on the new baby. <laughs> Jenny, it is always a pleasure to see you. And uh, I look forward to talking to you more in your other role. Uh, absolutely, because I, I enjoy what you do and down the road a bit. So yes, would love to have yes. you come on and talk about that relationship. So I'm looking forward to barbecue. Thank you all so much. And uh, I know it's going to be a smashing success and people will enjoy it immensely. Yeah, thank you so much. And we're just hoping people come out and support us and, you know, and uh, help us with that comeback because we uh, all, sm all small theater companies need that local support. So please, everybody come out and support us. And if you can't make it directly, you know, gift us a ticket and we'll give it to a person in need. So we yes. appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you all. Enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you in the theater. Yeah, we'll see you in the theater. See thank you, you. See you in the theater. Thank you, Harry. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm talking to somebody else. Tune in tomorrow. See who it is. I'll see y'all. <laughs> Thanks, Bab. Hi, this is Bab Strolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHL 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.